What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Friday morning. Hope you had a great week. Before we get to the Nuggets and their debacle, we got to talk about Sean Watson. Could he be the future quarterback of the Denver Broncos? Obviously, for those of you who don't know, the rumors were swirling around yesterday that he is unhappy with the Texans right now, specifically because... He wanted uh, input in the hiring of the GM, the new coach, all that stuff. And, of course, the Texans didn't give him that. They went out and hired a new GM without consulting him. Not necessarily mad at the GM, just mad at how things are going with Houston and they're not keeping him in the loop. I guess he also didn't really have uh, much input in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. That just kind of happened, and, and they notified him. So... Things aren't going well for Deshaun Watson in Houston. He hasn't officially asked for a trade or anything like that, but Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport were reporting last night that he is unhappy. So naturally, the NFL world went crazy, and every team that needs a quarterback, I mean, you could go to the comments of some of those reports from Schefter and and Rappaport, and there's photoshops of him in a Niners uniform, him in a Bears uniform, him in a Broncos uniform. It's hilarious. So naturally, the rumors started swirling, well, should the Broncos be interested? Should they kick the tires on that? And I'm just here to say, yes. Yes, they should. Now, will the Texans do it? Probably not. But if you have your quarterback and he's not extremely happy to be there, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing to take a call from a team that's in the top 10 of the NFL draft this year and and grab a haul. Now, the worst thing is, is you're giving up a legitimate top five quarterback right now at the age of 25 who's under contract. So that's going to suck. But, I mean, if he's unhappy and he doesn't want to be there, can you really force the guy to be there? And now's the time to capitalize on all that. Um, you could possibly get, you know, one of these younger guys, Justin Fields, you know, Zach Wilson. Unlikely you'll get Trevor Lawrence unless he somehow drops and Jacksonville doesn't take him. But, I mean, if this, if there was any year to, I guess, trade your quarterback, I guess it's this year where there's some good prospects coming out. But I think, yes, the Broncos should at least, at the bare minimum, kick the tires on, on this Deshaun Watson thing. Yeah, yeah, you have to. But at the same time, I don't think Houston would actually do it. And the second thing is that Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause. So he chooses where he goes essentially. And if you're Deshaun Watson, are there better options out there than Denver? That, well, that's, that's the question. Now, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. Top of my head, I mean, having Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy... Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, like that seems enticing, solid offensive line. Um, but then you kind of look at the history of the team over the last five years, kind of the mess with ownership, John Elway stepping down. They don't have a GM right now. You know, Vic Fangio, there's a lot of, you know, just with fans and it, it just seems a little bit of a mess. Now, I don't know if you would care about that. Um, but it just seems like Denver is kind of a mess. So that's something that, you know, it's not it's not just like, oh, yeah, Denver should offer them everything and that'll get it done. Um, Deshaun Watson chooses. So that's 
you know, I, I just, I don't think it's, it's a realistic thing um, that Denver should, well, that, that Denver could get Deshaun Watson. It's just not realistic. Here's what I'll say to that, to play kind of devil's advocate. Yes, everything you said about the Broncos is true. And if, if you're looking at it from Deshaun Watson's point of view, you're like, well, and, and all the things you listed, no GM, uh, you know, the ownership situation, which will get solved within the next year, though. We do know that. Uh, and then the team has been struggling, but he did recently follow a lot of Denver Broncos current and former on Instagram lately, I guess. I saw that on Twitter, so take that for what you will. But I'll say this. If you're Deshaun Watson, what teams are most likely to trade for you, if any? It's teams that are at least in the top 10 of the NFL draft, right? I mean, because that's those are the teams that are going to have a top pick now, and you know they'll they'll give first rounds later. You if you're Houston, you're not going to trade with a team that's in the teens yeah, or but, the twenties or thirties. Yes, but if you do want to trade him, I and mean, if he does ask for a trade, and you have no choice, he has the he gets to choose where he goes. That's the kicker. The kicker is that he has a no trade clause. So if if say the Jet or the Jacksonville Jaguars came over and they're like, we'll offer you the next, we'll offer you five first round picks, and Deshaun Watson and and they're like, great, Deshaun, we want to go with Jacksonville. And I'm good. I'm good. Find another team. You well, know. So yeah, I, I get that. But every top ten team that there is, and there's you know the New England Patriots sitting at fifteen, and he's like, yeah, I'll I'll go with New England. Well, then at that point, I guess he's just going to have to to just suck it up because I think no, he does have no. leverage to a point. Houston Houston will have to suck it up. Well, well no. Because, I mean, technically yes, not because he's under contract and he no, eventually he, has, he can get fined for not showing up. So, sure, but he has no trade clause. Exactly. I so, get that. But I'm can, saying he, can, he, as, he controls it as much. Well, he controls it to an extent. I mean, as much leverage as he does have. Listen, if you're Houston, you're not going to take I'm not I'm not hearing anybody's offer outside of 10. I'm so that's just not going to happen. Um, I probably wouldn't even hear anybody's offer outside of five, to be quite honest with you. But my point in all this was, is that if you're Houston, you're taking those calls. So, yes, he can say, OK, I have the no trade clause. I don't want to go to Jacksonville. I don't want to go to the Jets. But if if the Broncos come calling, I would say I'd be more likely to want to go play for the Broncos than the Jets or, you know, Philly. Uh, I mean, I guess Philly would be a decent option for them. But I would think the Broncos have more options or more weapons than than a Philadelphia. I mean, the Denver Broncos easily have talent to be a top 10 offense. And I think that's enticing for him. And they have a defense that even though they blow late leads, they, they've shown promise here and there. So my point is, is I think that out of the top 10 of teams, those teams that would be looking to draft a quarterback, Jacksonville, the Jets, possibly Atlanta. I mean, you can include Miami. Maybe Miami's the most attractive out of all of them. But then again... I mean, we don't know if Miami's willing to move off of Tua or what they're going to do with that number three pick. So I just I think that Denver would be an attractive option out of those teams. I get what you're saying. He has the no trade clause and he determines it. But at the end of the day, he's not like going into the last year of his deal. So if he's like, no, I want to go to a team that's outside of the top 10. Well, if you're Houston, you have the leverage of, okay, well, you're still under contract. So yeah, it would suck that you don't want to play for us, but we could just fine you if you just want to sit out. 
you'll just lose that salary. So then it's on him because we see players, you know, they play this let's hold out game. But then when it comes to actually, you know, holding out for a full season, the only person we saw do that was what, Le'Veon? Um, but you lose an entire year of salary. So if you're willing to risk that, okay, that's fine. But I don't think he would be willing to do that in a sport where your your career is very short at times. It could end at any moment. I think they both have leverage. Now, Deshaun has more, but I think his leverage is, has a ceiling. It's not exponential. It's not infinite. So... It's an interesting situation for both sides. I, now, it's it, like you said earlier, it's highly unlikely that he even gets traded at all. But if you're the Broncos, at the very least, like you would be doing yourself a disservice by not checking to see, right. you know, what what would this cost? Obviously, at the bare minimum, it's going to cost three first rounders. It would have yeah. to. And you yeah, probably well, have look. to part with one of those with Drew Locke, obviously, but I think we'd be fine with that. Um, and maybe even a young offensive weapon, I think. I would think, too. You would have to. Maybe I I don't know. Some sometimes players. I I I don't know. Usually, I I I would think Houston would just pretty much want draft picks. Um. I I just look there. The the Broncos obviously should check in on this, right? They they should at least kick the tires, see if it's a possibility. Um. Uh, but if I, there's, look, there's, if you want to go out and get a current NFL quarterback right now, that's someone not in the draft, the Broncos should only be looking at Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and that's about it. I, I would say those are the only two, as far as for sure replacing Drew Locke, right? Uh, if you want to bring in competition and a solid backup, maybe a guy like Andy Dalton, uh, Tyrod Taylor, um, someone like that. Uh, and then there's, I mean, if you want to throw in Matthew, I just, I, Matthew Stafford would be a, just a bad decision, in my opinion. Um, or Matt Ryan. Um, but, like, there's, there's tears. Like, I would be very happy with Deshaun Watson or a Dak Prescott, right? Then there's tier two, well, tier, or option two in my mind would be the draft. Then option three would be going out and getting a veteran that can just at least help you in some possible way. We all know that Drew Luck's probably going to miss a couple games because he's probably going to get hurt. So at least that's what his history is telling us. So you have to prepare for that. You can't just be like, Oh no, he he'll be fine. He's healthy. You cannot you cannot say that. Um, so you do have to go out and get someone. Andy Dalton has played really well in Dallas. Uh, obviously he didn't play well last week. Um, I mean he played fine, but he he his hand got stepped on and injury and whatever. But I think as a backup, he's a pretty good backup, and he will at least push Drew Locke to where if Drew Locke is playing like crap. And you're right there, and you're in games, then you should probably put Andy Dalton in there. One thing that Andy Dalton hasn't hadn't been doing in Dallas was turning the ball over, so he was at least putting them in positions to win games. Um, so other than, but that's that's option three. 
and that's 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 option four is you just go with Drew Lock and you don't go out and get anyone. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and you just whatever backups they have, that's what they're gonna roll with, and probably gonna have the same thing happen this year or, or next year as what happened last year. So that's those are the options. Again, I, I don't think option one is likely. I don't think Deshaun Watson will be available, and I don't think Dak Prescott will be available. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of opposed to the bringing in the seasoned vet move. I mean, we've tried that a couple times, and it obviously hasn't worked out the way we wanted it to. I, I'm saying that guy has a backup, though, to at least... Yeah, I mean, sure, if you want to bring in, like, an Andy Dalton, whatever, but... I mean, as like the reply, like I'm just, I'd be fine with Matthew Stafford. I think I'm a little bit higher on that move than you are, but I'm not like over the moon about it. That's not my first choice. Honestly, I don't know where I'm at with what the Broncos are. It, it, it just, we talked about this on the last episode. It's just like, it's just backwards because it's like, why wouldn't you just wait a, a year, one more year to do this? I just don't understand it. I just don't get why you just wouldn't wait a full year because Elway's contract is going to be, you know, he'll be fully gone. Ellis already came out and said he's not looking for renewal of his deal after this season, which his contract is up. You'll have three years of a sample size with Vic Fangio. And you can, you know, if the GM, the new GM, if you waited a full year, didn't like Fangio, he could just get rid of it. You could just start fresh. You could just do it 100% fresh. What are your options next year? That's the problem. Well, okay, but... It's it just doesn't make sense because now you're bringing in a new GM and you're holding guys over. And now it's just like it, we you you said it. They're, they're the kings of wanting to reset, but without resetting, it just doesn't make yeah, sense. I understand that. But at, at the same time, when you have an opportunity to go out and get a really good quarterback, whether it's in the draft or or whatever, if you have a chance to get that guy and you believe that that guy is going to be. You know, you're he's gonna put you in position to compete with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, um, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, those guys in the AFC with those teams. If there's a guy in the draft or wherever or free agency, and you don't try to go after one of those guys, or if they are there when you are picking and you pass up on that guy. That is, that is, you, you just, you cannot do that. You, you can't, you can't pass up on, on that guy. And I just, I, I understand. And I was on your side as far as you can't take a quarterback in this situation. But if, but I also didn't know or think that Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson were as good as they were. And if one of those guys are at nine or you have an opportunity to trade up, I think you have to do that. If that's, if, if Dak Prescott's available for whatever reason, I don't, maybe Dallas just loves one of these quarterbacks. Maybe they love, you know, Mac Jones or Trey Lance, or they trade up to get Zach Wilson. Then you have to go for Dak Prescott, no matter what situation you are in, you know, the same with Deshaun Watson. So it's, it's a quarterback driven league. You need the core. That is, that is your, that is piece number one. And if, if you don't have that piece, 
nothing else is going to fall into place. Yeah, no, I and, understand all that. I'm just saying, I just wish they would have just clean sweeped everything or just wait a year. I mean, I, I, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying don't go after a court. I'm just saying it just, it made more sense to just ride it out with everybody for one more year, but they don't do that. And then it's like, okay, we're going to make a little bit of change. Well, if you're going to make a little bit of change, why not make the entire change? Fire the coach, get a new GM, let him get his coach, then go after a quarter. I just, I just don't understand taking one step, but not taking two steps. You know, like you're putting one foot out there. Well, let's, instead of dipping the toe in the pool, let's just get in the pool. Let's just do, I just, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm with you. If there's a guy that they love, go and get him. Okay. If you love him, then go get him. But obviously this, this means nothing, or this is, this is, um, it means very bad things for Drew Locke. Uh, he's in a, a world of trouble. You had Vic Fangio say, yeah, I think he could be a starting quarterback and yeah, he could be the starter next year. And then they asked him, well, I, I, I don't think he is. Well, right, and and they asked Vic Fangio the other day, well, do you think um, the new GM will have, you know, restraints? Like, he has to start Drew. Oh, no, no, he can do whatever he wants. So, yeah, he could be the starter next year, but the new GM, he, he doesn't have to keep Drew if he doesn't want to. And that should tell people, like, all the people that were, like, Team Drew Locke and, oh, they love him. This should tell you right here, they they don't really love him as much as people want them to love him. Okay? Well, they, they and they never have. Him. They would have taken him at pick, what, 10 or whatever? Yes, they wouldn't have traded back to 20, and they wouldn't have taken Noah Fant first, and they wouldn't have taken Dalton Reisner first in the second round if they loved Drew Locke. They've never loved Drew Locke. They've liked what they've seen. They saw potential there, but... They they obviously don't feel that it's um you know going to be coming very soon or it's not enough potential to say you know what through thick and thin we're going to stick through this guy even through change even through a possible ownership change like they they're not there so I think that tells you what their plans are in the draft um, I think right now if they could choose it'd probably be get a guy in the draft if they can't do that. Um, well, unfortunately, free agency is going to be first. So I think they'll examine the prospects there, see what they can do. But if they love a guy more in the draft and they think they can get a guy in the draft, then they'll probably do that. But I think Drew Locke is ultimately the third and final option for, for quarterback next year. I think that's their backup backup plan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I just but at the same time, I think even though Drew Locke is the, the third option, I think that is the most likely scenario. Um, because I don't think, and unless, unless they are, I don't want to say so desperate, but unless they are absolutely willing to take, um, a guy like, uh, Trey Lance or Mac Jones, um, I, I just I don't there could be you know what's crazy there could be five quarterbacks taken in the first round this year five um that hasn't been that well I guess that was done in the uh the same Darnold draft right Baker Darnold Rosen Allen that's four I'm missing someone uh, Baker, Sam, Rosen, jo- um, uh, Josh Allen, and then um, Lamar Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson was in that first yeah. one, yeah. So, 
Yeah, there could be five quarterbacks taken in this draft. Uh, so unless they're willing to go with one of the bottom two uh, in that five, uh, which would be Trey Lance or Mac Jones, I don't think there's going to be a change at quarterback um, at least going into the season. Uh, if, if Drew Locke struggles and they have a backup veteran quarterback, they could go to that guy like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton, whatever. Um, but And look, if they take Trey Lance or Mike Jones, I'm okay with it because they're taking a shot. And look, I Mac Jones was up for Heisman. He had a lot of weapons. His wide receiver literally won the Heisman. So, you know, um, I don't like when people say, "Oh, when's the last great quarterback come out of that school?" Um, that's a stupid take. Um, just because it. When was the last Texas Tech quarterback that was a super great quarterback before Mahomes? What about? Clemson with Deshaun Watson or now Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I, I, I hate that. I hate when people say, "Oh, then you know, because where he went to school means he's going to be a bad quarterback." Like, that's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, don't don't scout the helmet, scout the player. Right. Uh, so look, Mac Jones had a really really good year. I I don't I just I'm not sure. Right. I I I didn't watch enough of Alabama. Um, and they they killed so many teams. It really is hard to get like a a solid take on him. I think watching the national championship on uh on Monday will be a it's on Monday, right? They didn't move it or change it, right? I don't it's, believe so. Monday, um, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to watch Mac Jones play in that game. Uh, so. I'm going to be really watching him. Obviously, we'll be really watching Justin Fields. Trey Lance, I don't know anything about him. Uh, all I know is he plays for a Division II school. So, but he has talent. He has a lot of talent, apparently. So, if they were to take one of those two guys, I'd be okay with it. Um, as long as they're taking him in the top 10 to 15. Yeah. Or at their pick nine, preferably. I mean, at this point, sure, sure. I, I don't. I just don't know where, where the direction. And and my issue is too is that, okay, if Drew Locke is your plan, then I guess you have to decide like what 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 happens with Shermer because we know Shermer and Locke aren't a perfect fit. So like what I just. They're they're just doing this so backwards. I just keep going back. They're just doing this all so backwards, and I don't know why they make this so difficult on themselves. But whatever. If if they love a quarterback, go get him. If you love a quarterback in free agency and it's Dak Prescott, fine. If you can somehow swing a trade for Deshaun Watson, as unlikely as it seems, we've seen crazy things happen. Fine, do it. Um, but at this well, point, I don't think it's the worst thing too. If 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 all of that fails and they can't get a quarterback. I don't think it's the worst thing if we're running it back year three of Vic Fangio and then we get the continuity that everybody wanted with Shermer and Locke. Then we get a final answer on that. So I guess you get resolution there. So Yeah, and, and look, all of this started five years ago. When, when Peyton Manning retired, there was no plan. And they kept going for you know these late first, second round quarterbacks instead of saying, hey, you know what? Let's reset. 
you know, let's let some guys go, save some money. Um, and, you know, if we can trade up in the draft or, or whatever, they had an opportunity to go and get Josh Allen. And I guess Elway was just gun shy. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it, it started five years ago and that's why they're in the position that they're in. And I'm not surprised. I mean, I saw it coming five years ago. So, you know, like all of this is like, go look at my Twitter from four or five years ago. I, it's, I, I mean, I saw this coming. So it's, it's not surprising that that's why I say when, you, when, if you have a shot, you, you missed your opportunity with Josh Allen. That was the guy that they, like, all indications were if Josh Allen was was going to be there, that it would be a perfect fit in Denver. He played in Wyoming, cold weather guy, strong arm, big, like right up Elway's alley, and they passed. If they pass again with, an, with the, say, Zach Wilson is there, or say Justin Fields is there for whatever reason, and they pass. I I don't know what else to say. Like I I I I, I won't get it. Um, if they pass on Trey Lance or Mac Jones, we'll see. No, we'll see. I mean, we have a, we have three months for all this to get picked and poked and prodded and dissected and i don't know i just i don't i don't care what they do just find the right guy i don't care if yeah, it's through the draft if it's through free agency if it's through tra- i don't care just give me a guy that can win please um and kemp said definitely wasn't gun shy when taking drew lock or paxton lynch sure i'm paxton lynch but drew lock they passed upon him twice drew lock was supposed to be a top 15 pick i mean he was i remember in every mock draft i would see him in the first round um now obviously 30 other team or 29 other teams passed up on Drew Locke. Um, and there's a reason, but you know, they, they passed up on Drew Locke twice. I would say that that was, they were a little gun shy on Drew Locke and it's because they didn't love him. If they love Trey Lance or if they love Mac Jones, then screw it. Take him, take him at nine. If, I mean, if you really love the guy, you know, if you don't, then don't take him. If you really love Zach Wilson, but he's not going to be at uh, be there at nine, trade up. And if the price is way too high and way ridiculous, then all right, fine. But if someone trades up for Zach Wilson, and it's really not that bad, they missed out. Well, it depends on where they trade. Listen, anybody that trades into into the the top five or tops, like you're gonna have to give up a load. So it's not it's they're gonna have to give up a lot. But if someone leapfrogs Denver, is what I'm saying. Right. No. Then, I mean, yeah. Well, it depends on what they give up. I mean, but it's whatever they give up. I mean, it's gonna have to be a freaking haul. I mean, to move. I mean, we've seen to move up just a pick. It takes a lot. Like at least like, like a couple first rounders. My thing is, don't just take a quarterback for the sake of a quarterback. Take the guy you love. And if, if the guy, if, if you love Zach Wilson, like for me, I love Zach Wilson. But if I'm at nine and he's probably going to go too, 
well, crap, probably not going to get him, right? Uh, or if the Jets are actually going to take quarterback, crap, probably not going to take, probably not going to get him. If the Jets, for you know, for whatever reason, they love Sam Darnold, they're going to stick with Sam Darnold, and they're going to take a tackle, whatever, which is very possible. That could happen. Then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, who's at three? Can we, you know, do we love Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? Yes. Okay, can we get to three? Can we get to four? Can we get to five? And whatever it takes to get there, if you're okay with it, I don't know how much I would give up, to be honest. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I, I would, I guess, look at what's been done in the past. Um, but it, it depends. Look, this draft, for, it, it, we've, we've seen crazy, crazier things happen. Um, you know, Josh Allen fell to what, seven? once or that that year when he was probably supposed to be top five uh i i think that the lowest people saw him going was to denver ironically um so things can happen guys can drop uh there's a situation where the jets say you know what we're not gonna take quarterback and miami's like you know what we like tua and atlanta's like you know what we like matt ryan and who's at five um Cincinnati. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think your best three through five, Miami, Atlanta, Cincinnati. Now, I'm I'm still of the mind that I don't think Atlanta's completely committed to Matt Ryan. If I were them, I'd, I'd want to take a quarterback. That's just well, me, though. If, but If I were them, I would take Zach Wilson. But, again, they, but I think that's the area you, which you could trade I, into. I think Matt Ryan did enough. But there's a situation where a second quarterback isn't taken until 6-7 or, or it takes a trade up. Because say those teams just are happy with where they're at, and there's a there's a, another player that they like more. Um, you know, what if uh, what if the Jets they really just want a tackle, and they they grab uh, the Penny Sewell kid? Uh, Miami takes a wide receiver to help Tua. Uh, you know, say Atlanta, they're like, you know what, we like Matt Ryan. Uh, we really need help on our defense. We're gonna take Mike Parsons. Cincinnati. They really need an offensive lineman to help, the, you know, protect their number one pick. Okay, so they're going to take an offensive lineman. The Eagles say that they're happy with uh, Jalen Hurts. They want a wide receiver. They go and get Jamar Chase. The Lions, they have Stafford, so they go out and get a Kyle Pitts or um, a linebacker to help that defense, uh, a corner, whatever. Um, and then Carolina... They need a quarterback, so let's say they then at that point they take a quarterback. There's a there's a chance that a quarterback won't be taken till eight, which is Carolina, which could be Justin Fields, and then Denver's like, well, we're sitting here, we got Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, one of the two. So there is that there is that scenario. Um, I think at that point though there would be a trade up for someone to try and leapfrog Carolina or in and Denver. Um, so maybe. San Francisco at 12, I could see a situation where they try and leapfrog uh, over one of those teams. So that that's, you know, that's a possibility with this draft. The other possibility is that Trevor Lawrence goes one, Justin Fields goes, or Zach Wilson goes two, uh, and Atlanta takes one of the other three, and you have three quarterbacks taken in the top four. You know, or someone chose Miami and there's three quarterbacks taken in the top three. So there, there's that. I mean, it could, it could happen like that. So we, we won't know until the draft. 
really. So it's just you gotta wait and see what happens. Um, but if the if you're in a situ if Denver is in a situation where they can either trade up or have one of those three drop, or say they really love Trey Lance or Mark Jones, then yeah, you take who you love. If if you know Trey Lance and Mac Jones are still there at nine, but you're like, nah, don't love them enough to take them, then don't take them. Don't just take a quarterback because you feel like you need a quarterback. Sure, I agree. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, though, and and kind of crazy scenarios with quarterbacks, do you know what happened uh, nine years ago today? Yeah, the um, the Steelers game. Yep, Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas. So that's always a cool memory to uh, to go back to, and then you get real depressed thinking. Like, do you remember watching it like live? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I remember watching that game. I remember just being so angry because my friend, one of my best friends, he's a Steelers friend, and um, he texted me after the game and. You know, he's like, that was a crazy game. And I was like, I'm angry because it it shouldn't have even gotten to overtime. Like, I was that confident in them. Like, I was like, what? The, why did it even get to this point? But no, that was, it was a crazy game. Um, and then you get depressed thinking, man, if we would have just continued to suck that year, we might have had Andrew Luck. Um, but then again, you don't get Peyton Manning if you get Andrew Luck. And, you know, yeah. You get Super Bowls at well, a Super Bowl, but two Super Bowl appearances, five division titles. So then, then you get happy again. You're like, oh wow, that was a cool year. And then you get depressed, like, oh, we could have had Andrew Luck. Oh, but we got a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So okay, that's fine. It's a roller coaster of emotions, but that's a cool little memory to uh, to to think back to. Do you to. think if if Andrew Luck goes to a different team that he has injury issues? It's I mean, it's hard to say, but probably not because I think a lot of his injury issues were because he was getting beat up. He had no O line. I mean, he, yeah, but part he, of it too was he held on to the ball and he ran with it a little too much. He didn't protect himself. Sure, sure. I mean, maybe, maybe, but you know, also he's he's probably well, he's in different situations and different games. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, maybe he does, but maybe he lasts a little bit longer. I mean, the Colts didn't help him with the offensive yeah. line either. Like in that in that Broncos game, I mean, he got hit and he like uh, punctured a lung or, or did something to his lacerated his kidney or something like that. I remember that game. Um, Isn't it crazy, that. though, that those two quarterbacks taken one and two are either out of the league or just just a backup and not a very good backup? Yeah. Like, and one is... was considered the, the best prospect since, you know, Elway and Manning and all this stuff. And, and Andrew Luck was great. Don't get me wrong. But, all yeah, I'm like saying... you mentioned, he, he retires early and then RG3, yeah, he becomes a – a bust, I guess. Well, is RG three a bust? Can we say that? I don't. Yeah, I guess. You I guess by to. default, but it wasn't because like skill. Like he got injured, no. you know, and then I it just kind of went downhill. He won rookie of the year over Andrew Luck. Like he got that Washington team to the playoffs. That was an an amazing rookie year, um, and then. He, you know, hurt his knee in the playoffs or I think in the regular season, maybe. Yeah. And he still played something. He kept playing. Mm-hmm. That was. Well, I think it was the playoff game versus Seattle where he hurt it. He and hurt he it. Kept playing. And he kept playing and then he, he like tore it. Um, right. So, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. the injuries just derailed his career. And, and Kemp says there's no senior bowl. Yeah, I don't think there's a senior bowl this year. I think they canceled all those all those things. Um, yeah. Oh, look, real quick. Everyone, you know, Andrew Luck was going to be, you know, he's the best prospect since Peyton Manning, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, 
Oh, here we go. Be careful, Jacksonville. Be careful. That's all I'm saying. I have seen a lot of um, people come out and say that Trevor Lawrence, like he's not perfect. Like he he does have issues. He's not like exceedingly better than Justin Fields. Um, I guess he also has. Uh, he holds the ball a little bit, holds on to his first read a little bit too long, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a quarterback prospect out of college. So, but I'm just saying there is a chance. I saw. I don't remember who. Maybe it was Adam Schefter. He there's a chance. It's slim, but there's a chance that Jacksonville could possibly hire, say, uh, Urban Meyer, and then draft Justin Fields at one. Um, at that point, I think I would try and trade down and maybe you still get Justin Fields. Yeah, at but three or Urban Meyer doesn't have any connection to Justin Fields, does he? He didn't, he I didn't don't, coach I don't Justin know. Fields, that's so I don't, I don't know. But that, that's apparently that's the only scenario where uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't go number one. Yeah, I, I like would think that's unlikely. One percent chance of that happening. Like I would get um, that if he coached him his first year at Ohio State, right. but I think he was but gone by think, then. Yeah, I don't think they have connection, but I don't know. But maybe it's just the Ohio State connection or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Zach Wilson's better. So. Yes, yes, we know. Um, I'm just seeing this on Twitter. Do you have anything else on on the Broncos that you want to get to? Okay, uh, I'm just seeing this on Twitter as we as we uh, kind of transition into Nuggets talk. I guess the NBA has released its MVP ranking so far. I don't know how true this is because it's coming from Legion Hoops, so it's it's one of those kind of uh, iffy accounts that claims to be credible. Um, but if this is true, their rankings are LeBron James, Luca, Paul George, Joel Embiid, and Steph Curry. Um, Wait, what? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's why I, I don't know how credible this is. But if this is their ranking, like LeBron, okay, whatever. Luca, sure, okay. No, 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 no. I, I don't think LeBron. LeBron's at one, or is it just? Well, a... that's he's just the first person listed. I don't know if he's at one, but he's the first person listed. Um, but I mean, it's LeBron, so whatever. I mean, I expect his name to just be in there. Uh, well, Luca, one, but no. Luca's in there, okay. Uh, Paul George, n- no. Um, Steph Curry, okay, he's had a nice last few games, but I don't know. Embiid's been playing really well, so I I can give you that. But Paul George, like, just this list, and then there's no mention of of Nikola Jokic and... The the center averaging triple-double. Not only that, like, (laughs) what he did last night. I mean, I saw the stat from ESPN. Over the last two seasons, Nikola Jokic is 5 of 5. 5 of 5. He has made 5 shots of the five he has taken. That means he's 100% for those By who don't way, understand. That's, that's, not, that's not just being perfect, but that's also the most that anyone has made. Yes, and that's on game-tying or go-ahead shots in the final 10 seconds of not only the fourth quarter, but overtime. That also tells you that Denver loves to put their fans in, you know, just... Yes, death. Yes, death scenarios. Yes, <laughs> I tell you every year. They shorten, they take years off of my life. Stress, to be fair, though, anxiety. the reason why uh, Nikola Jokic should not be number one in that race is their record. Yeah, no, I agree. But he should be in that race. Um, he's he's playing at an MVP caliber level right now. And last year, I mean, or last year, uh, last night, he had, what, 21 points, I think, through the third quarter. And he finishes with 38. He scores 17. Um, I think 14 of that in overtime. 
maybe three of that in, in or By the way, me, I would, 14 I would, fourth quarter. Go I ahead. would like to um ask did Jamal Murray play in the fourth? Oh, he didn't play in the fourth. It didn't look like it. And he had a and I was looking at his box score this morning. And I was like, okay, he had he had 21, 9, and 4. Like, that's a good that's what I asked him to be around. Um 8 and 19. Yeah, I like that a little bit better, but that's like low 40s, I think. Three of nine from three, not ideal. Um, but no, I mean he's he I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say about Jamal. Like I just also Malone. Malone is gonna get in trouble. Forty six minutes, forty one minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, he can't he can't not play those guys because if if he takes one of those guys off the floor, the bench unit cannot score, and that's where you need a guy like MPJ. But MPJ is doing MPJ things, and I was having this talk yesterday, man. I'm I'm telling you, there is something going on with this MPJ situation, and they're they're gonna reach a point where they're gonna have to choose whether or not to keep him or move on. I just I'm you, I'm. I'm it's in, here's the thing their bench is already crap right so why not just go top heavy yeah just just let's just pull the trigger at this point this is not working the bench sucks uh i do like Jermichael green i don't get why he's not starting but you know um paul Millsap just did you see I think it was in the fourth quarter. He got trapped down low, and he just couldn't do anything. He just like, like he threw up a shot. It. Yeah, was that a shot or was that yeah, a? I, I think oh. it was a shot. And well, on somebody, uh, the guy on Twitter, I don't know what his name is, but he follows me on Twitter. I think he follows you too. His, his name is Comedian, um, or something like that. Yeah. And he 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 messaged me, or he didn't message me, but he like mentioned me, and he was like, "Can we just for once have Gary Harris?" And Paul Millsap have a good game at the same time, like in the same night. And I was like, you know what? That's funny. So I looked at the stat: five points for Paul Millsap, one of Gary six. Had a great game. And, and Gary was, yeah, Gary was fifteen points, six of nine. I mean, one of four from three, but he played well, fifteen four, and one. He made it tough for Luca. That that's he the did. Thing. He played well. Luca also still had 38, 13, and nine. <laughs> and he made he made a I'll say this he made okay this is where I agree with Malone because Malone was furious last night first off that game should have never gone to overtime and th- this is a trend that we're starting to see in this season with the Nuggets they were up 12 in the third um, and then the in the fourth they closed the gap or late in the third so it's like you can't do that they were up 12 I think in that um, Sacramento game that they lost in Sacramento they were as up well. By nine, I think going into the fourth. Yeah, so that that can't happen. Jokic, for as great as he's, as he played last night, he missed four free throws. If you make three of those, four of those, the game's out of reach. It's not going to overtime. Also, and this is not why the Nuggets lost the game, but it's 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 a cause and effect type of thing. It's a snowball effect. The foul on Gary Harris for that three on Luka Doncic, where was where was the contact? Even in live time, I was like, where did he hit him? I watched the replay of it again today. I was like, where did he hit him? He skimmed by him. So that's the benefit of the whistle. And then Luca just hit tough shots down the stretch. So you got to give him credit there. But well, I mean, then, and then um, PJ Dozier, man, uh, that yeah. last, that, that was in the fourth, that last play in the fourth, the turnover. Where he loses the ball. Yeah. And I like PJ, but I just. <sighs> the, 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 I don't know what the play was, but. If you go back and watch Gary's reaction, so Gary passed it in PJ. Immediately, Gary tried to cut. 
he would have been wide open for a layup. But but Dozier immediately got the ball and spun towards the baseline, which one, that's you can't do that, first of all. You can't just immediately spin to the baseline. Um, because what happened is pretty much what's always gonna happen. Uh and two, Gary would have been wide open for a cut and watching Gary's reaction, he was like, What the what was that? Like I, I don't know if that was a design play where Gary was supposed to cut like that or 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 if that was just Gary saw an opening and PJ just didn't see it. But come on, man. You, and, but that's that's also why a lot of times at the end of games, Paul Millsap is in the game. So, you know, if Paul Millsap is in instead of PJ Dozier, then that probably doesn't happen. So I don't know. Look, I like Dozier, but yikes. Um, so. It's just, I, I wouldn't be upset if they just let's keep Murray and Jokic at all costs, and let's go get Harden or Beal, whatever it takes, other than Jamal and Jokic, grab one of those guys. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still, I'm still fine with being patient i'm I'm still gonna stick to my 15 game mark they're three and five right now it, it doesn't feel great it doesn't look great there when you look at their wins it's They've over had the easiest in the nba though. they have that's the problem. they beat a, a depleted minnesota team now to be fair the nuggets also haven't had their full roster at hand but they beat a minnesota team and they beat a rockets team that were down guys as well so and both those teams are two and four and two and six respectively so but then again like you look at the Nuggets are three and five. Yes, that looks bad. But if you look at the the rest of like Dallas with that win last night, they go to four and four. San Antonio's four and four. Sacramento's four and four. Portland's four and four. Golden State's four and four. New Orleans is four and four. Utah, who's the fourth seed right now, is four and four. So I get it. It, it looks bad, but I'm I'm still waiting. Like in just I think we just still just yeah. need to give it some time. I get where everybody's going. Like, it's not to say that there's not issues because there are, and there's red flags. And I don't think this is a championship team. And I hope anybody that thinks that, like, you should really temper your expectations. And when when we saw how the offseason unfolded, you should really have should have tempered your expectations then. Um, and by the way, Jeremy Grant is. I mean, credits him for banking on himself because it's paying off. You see what he's he's doing in Detroit now. Granted, they're like one and eight, but he's averaging twenty plus points a game. And like five, six rebounds. So he's yeah. No, you can you can go get your your numbers and yeah. blah 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 blah. But you're also one in seven. So. Yeah. Well, th- that's the trade off. Um, and and I guess they they put out an article too. I think someone in Detroit of why he, a, a large reason of why he left also is he wanted to go to Detroit because they have a black GM, they have a black wow. head coach, and it's a predominantly black city. So he that meant a lot to him. So you know I. That if that's what you know that means to you, then okay, I I get it. But the Nuggets are there's issues, there's problems. I think we'd be I'd be shocked if there's not a shakeup at the trade deadline. But I'm curious to see what this team can do with what the full rotation is, the full rotation of guys, because they had MPJ and then Jamichael Green wasn't available. MPJ is now going to miss probably an extra like three, four, five games now. So that's going to be an issue. So you're not going to have your full lineup of guys, but still, I, I don't think they should be playing this bad. I think part of it is fatigue. And then Malone's, you know, he's having to play these guys so many minutes and it's just, 
I mean, they they have to get something from the bench. But at this point, I don't I don't know what you can do. Well, you know, with with um, with MPJ out, like you're gonna have to stagger minutes, and you know, Will Barton's gonna have to play better. I mean, all that talk about I'm a starter and all that, like three of seven, two of five from three, eight points. You're a minus ten on the night. Yeah, no, go look at his numbers as a starter. It's it's not They're great. And I, I think part of that is he's pressing right now because he's going into a contract year and he wants to earn. This is probably going to be his last like big deal because um, who knows what he's going to get after this. But I think he's pressing a little bit right now. And I, I think he also is still trying to get his legs under him because, you know, he missed a good portion of last season. So I think it's just a perfect storm right now for the Nuggets. It's new guys finding chemistry. It's injuries. It's MPJ messing around or whatever. I don't want to say messing around because I don't know why his protocol was extended. But him not being available, um, you know, it's it's fatigue from the season, you know, being such a shortened, condensed offseason. I think there's just a lot of moving moving parts. It's hitting the Nuggets at, at the perfect time. And I saw Matt Moore of the Action Network um, tweet this out last night. Uh, let me see if I can find it, but it was essentially to to kind of sum it up was, listen, the Nuggets are, they're a bad basketball team. They're not a good team right now. They're not even a great team right now, but it's November and we're five months away from the playoffs. So again, yeah, here we go. The Nuggets aren't a great team, aren't even a very good team. Luckily there's checks calendar five and a half more months until the playoffs. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll find a way to, to sneak into the playoffs if not be one of those four through eight seeds. Um, but there is real problems. There should be concerns, but it, I don't think it's time to panic yet. I'm still going to hold fast that 15 games after that 15 game mark. If it's, if it's still looking like this, then okay, we, we need to do something maybe, maybe drastic at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of like looking at all of these teams. The, the West is really good. Uh, but the East is also like that. There's some good teams in the East. Um, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Philly, Boston. Um, even Indiana's playing really well. I I think Orlando will kind of fall back to to earth a little bit. Well, yeah, New York, um, Orlando, Cle- like I think those teams yeah. will will fall back down. Yeah. I, I don't think it's shocking that we're seeing a lot of teams that didn't play in the bubble or didn't play much in the bubble have success right now. So yeah, I, mean, I just want people to think about that too. Phoenix is now fourteen and two since the bubble started. Yeah, they're gelling. Um, they're playing really well. Yeah, they're they're a really good team. Um, the Clippers obviously have something to prove, but even then, the Clippers and Lakers are both six and three. So like, it's you go on a three game winning streak. You're there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, five, you're there. Top four seed. So it's not like the the I guess the the funny enough though the the Nuggets point differential right now in the season is literally zero. Uh, but I just there are there are it's not just like oh it's early whatever, but there are some really big issues. Defense is terrible. Um, you can't get one stop. That's it. It's just one stop. Uh, and the you know Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray playing the minutes that they're playing, it just can't continue. The benches, man. I you know going into the season, I thought this team was going to be deeper than last year, but 
I mean, no one can score at this point. Like, no one, no one else can score. And it might pick up later. But if if you're not going to look, if you're not going to play Bull Bull, if you're not going to play, you know, some of these other young guys, you're doing it really, really, you're doing it to yourself. I, I, I think you got to at least help Jokic and Jamal a little bit um, to help save them a little bit because you're not really even giving any of these guys a chance. Like Zignaji could help this team, I think. Um, you know, Bol Bol, put him out there for five minutes. Let Jokic rest for five minutes. Um, Hartenstein, why isn't he playing? You really ran with the eight-man rotation. So, like, yeah, I get maybe in practice these guys aren't doing well, but, I mean, Malone is turning into Tom Thibodeau. Like, you're, like, I get it, but at the same time, you got to trust these guys because, if Nikola Jokic gets hurt, or if Jamal Murray gets hurt, and their season ends, that is 100% on Malone. And this is what I've been talking about with Malone these last couple of years. Like, you gotta, you gotta trust your young guys at some point. And, or you just, I, I, you gotta trust more than eight guys. And I get it, sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it, it doesn't show on the court. Or in practice, but you have to do it because look what happened to Derrick Rose. I mean, it happens. If you run these guys into the ground, they're gonna get hurt. And it's gonna cost him his job. And it's gonna cost his team their future. So he he needs to figure it out because this can't keep happening. Like I mean, Well, I guess what's the alternative though? I mean, if he if he coasts, if he if he lets these guys, you know, if he keeps them to low thirties, high twenties, right? Then you're taking more losses. Then you ramp it up late in the season. Well, we don't maybe know you sneak that, in though. as a late seed, and then we don't know that though because he's not playing anyone else. So we don't know how those guys are gonna play. For all we know, Zignaji could come in and and put up a double double, and he's you know he's playing really well. I mean, we don't sure, know, but it's unlikely. But sure, Bull, yes. Bulls come in for five minutes and give you seven points, and, and a couple give blocks. up and give up ten points though. <laughs> sure, but hey, if if you're losing two to three points, it's fine by me. At least Jokic and Jamal are getting some rest, and they're not playing forty minutes a game. I'm telling you, if one of those two gets hurt and it's a bad injury, not only is the season over, but Malone should be fired. If it's a serious injury and one of those two goes down because they're playing 40 minutes a game, Malone should be fired. I mean, it's I just think it's a tough situation he's in, though, because he's playing these guys this amount of minutes because he wants to win, because the alternative is not playing them. And then once once those guys I know, but it's. Eight man rotation. I get no one else is playing. But it's unlikely that these guys are going to come in. And and make a huge impact. So then you're losing games. So then he he's he's really it's a lose lose. If he plays, like, if he runs these guys into the ground, they risk injury of getting hurt. They're not even winning when they does play them this much. Or if he if he gives them rest, then he's he's 
throwing these guys out there who may play well, may, but may not. It's more likely that they won't um, because uh, you go down the roster. There's nobody on this roster outside of Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Will Barton, and Michael Porter that can create their shot consistently enough to make an impact. Um, now, Marcus Howard, he did lead uh, the NCAA in scoring, um, and, and Bobo can to an extent, but it's just, it's a lose-lose. So I feel for Malone in that aspect, and I get what you're saying. Yes, I don't want any of these guys to get hurt, but it's trying to find the fine balance of playing these guys enough to get the win, but also finding rest for them. Really, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to these players on the bench. They have to step it up. And also part of it is Malone, to your point, he has to give guys shots. He has to, if things aren't working with PJ Dozier and Hartenstein, then okay, throw out Najee, throw out Bull. I I get what you're saying, but it's just, I think for him, we have to sympathize with him a little bit and empathize with him because this is a tough situation he's in. But that's why he gets paid big bucks. So. I mean, sure. But yeah, you, you, you've got to trust some of these other guys. And and here's the thing. Composite just went and went off the other night. And then he decides not to play him. And the, the excuse is, well, Dallas went big. Well, I don't care. Uh, there's almost every other team in the league doesn't play like that in the regular season. Play your guys. And look, if it's a bad matchup, it's a bad matchup. But who who's to say that because you go small, you're going you're gonna to get crushed by Dallas? Sometimes going small it will help you. So I look that I think that was a lame lame excuse. Um, to, well, and the guy that to took Compazzo's minutes was Hartenstein, and he had one rebound and one assist and no points. So and yeah. one block. So I mean, it's not like he on, came in and lit up. The world. Big. You know why? Why are you playing? Look, if if you want to play Jamal and Jokic in the whole fourth quarter, that's fine. But why are you playing them 30 minutes up until the fourth quarter? It's just... is, is be, Was beating Dallas that important? Because you lost anyways. They're a bad matchup for you. So, like, I... By the way, that proves my point of I don't want to see Dallas in the playoffs. They didn't even have Porzingis. Um... Yeah, the Nuggets didn't have MPJ either, so it's sure, but it's just a bad matchup in my in my opinion. Um, it's well, they can knock down shots, and how Dallas is constru- is constructed is how the Nuggets should theoretically be constructed. They have shooters who can knock down shots, and the Nuggets don't. And, and until they build this team correctly around Jokic, who continues to prove he's the best player, until we see Jamal or MPJ prove otherwise. They need to surround him with shooters. The Nuggets just have a bunch of guys who can can slash to the basket and shoot mid-range shots. Occasionally, they have a hot night where they explode and guys are hitting threes. But, I mean, Monte Morris isn't a shooter. Uh, Paul Millsap isn't a shooter. You know, you you go down the roster. I mean, Jermichael Green can hit those threes, but he's not necessarily a shooter. Will Barton... I mean, he gives you two of five, and occasionally he can go three or four. It's just, they need to build it as Dallas has. Like Hardaway can consistently hit those at like a 38 to 40% clip. Uh, Finney Smith, I mean, he was four of eight last night. You know, I mean, Maxi Kleba, uh, he, he knocked down key shots down the stretch. Um, three of five from three last night. So they need to reconfigure how they build this team. And we compare it all the time to LeBron. 
they need to build a Jokic team like you build LeBron. He's a playmaker, so you need to give him shooters around him. Now, it's not to say that it's you just want to bring a bunch of Joe Harris's in who are, you know, one dimensional or JJ Reddick's. That's not what we're saying here, but they need to look to swap out the Will Bartons, the Gary Harris's. And, you know, what? I'll, I'll bring this up with you because I was talking about this was Zach the other day because I, I said earlier, right, that I just I feel like this MPJ thing is not going to end like we all want it to hear me out on this. W- tell me what you think about this. And I don't know if Golden State would be willing to do this. Clay is what, 30, 30, 31, Some, somewhere already, around yeah. there. He's coming off of now two significant lower body I'm injuries and ACL. I'm already, I'm already out. And well, well, hear me out. Well, are you out because of you don't want to do this or are you out in a point of Golden State's perspective? I wouldn't want Clay. I think you're crazy, but this is what I would do. <laughs> I would. I, I think you're absolutely nuts. We know that Jamal Murray needs the ball. So, and we know that MPJ needs the ball to be effective. They need some sort of off-ball score, a guy who can score and defend, and that's what Clay Thompson is. If you're the Denver Nuggets, and maybe it's not, at, maybe it's at this trade deadline, maybe it's in the offseason, but Clay Thompson is coming off of two lower leg injuries. Um, I don't know what his contract is looking like. If you can look that up real quick, but if I'm the Nuggets, I, I go to the Warriors and I say, "Listen, we need this." Steph is getting towards the latter end of his career, even though he's still in his prime. What? How could we get Clay Thompson? Would MPJ for Clay, and that being the basis of the deal, it gives them a guy that can carry the next tor- torch after Steph. It gives them a shooter, a wing guy, a big that can stretch the floor still for them, someone who can create. It gives the Nuggets a three and D guy who can knock down shots, who can really provide them what they need and an off-ball guy, and it still allows Jamal to be have the ball in his hands to create. I think that's a win-win for both teams right there. Golden yes. State gets a young superstar in the making who can stretch the floor and can carry the next torch after Steph is done, pair him with a Wiseman, um, and then you give the Nuggets a guy who they desperately need, a knockdown shooter who can defend. I, I don't I don't see how that's a, a lose lose. Now I could see Golden State saying no because they want Clay to retire as a warrior. I would totally get that. But if they want to continue winning championships and extending their life a little bit, I mean why wouldn't they do that? Clay has three more years on his contract. Okay. Um look, I, I love Clay Thompson, but um I I would just stay away from the injuries. But he's coming in as your third option. He's not coming in as a main option for you. I know, but I just I look, I could be wrong. I I you know, we've seen players come back and be healthy. But he's he's missing his second straight year. I I just don't If you're going to trade MPJ and you're going to go all out, I I get your point of going after someone like Clay Thompson, but I just don't think it's smart to go after Clay Thompson uh, because of the injuries and giving up a lot of your future for someone who is 30 years old, will be 31 by next year, and has missed two straight years. That's 
Look, one of them was a torn ACL. The next was his Achilles. Like, that is... That's a big concern. And I, I get KD has come back from his Achilles. Um, you know, I, 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 I get all that. But, man, I just... You know, sometimes with some players, it, they just hit a wall. And they just can't get healthy. He may have one more good year in him. Great year. But other than that, I, I don't see him... I, this this really sucks to say because I I really do like Clay Thompson a lot. Um, I don't want to say he's done. I just I I don't think you're gonna get what you want from him. For someone like an MPJ, I would rather if you're gonna go all out like that. I'd rather you go out on. Go all out on you know a James Harden or a Bradley Beal or, or whatever. Um, I just, I, I think you're putting too much stock into his injury. Like there's significant injuries, but I think the way he plays, I think he'll, he's a shooter. He'll be fine. Sure, sure. <laughs> like he, his, way, his sure. Achilles not affecting but his jump that shot. Could also, that could also affect his defense. Yes, that and that yes. Could, that 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 kid also like he's not gonna be the same player right when he comes back, obviously. No. And I don't think that it's going to last very long. I like I said, I think he's gonna have one, maybe two more really good years. But who I don't think his defense will be there. I think it's more of just his offense will be he'll have a couple more great years of his offense. I I just I don't If I were Golden State, I would do it in a heartbeat. I I would I would get off this Clay Thompson contract and I would I would move on. Um but yeah, I I just it it just scares me. I, I it's not worth it to me. I get your concerns, but it's he he's it'd be different if it was like a Zion that we're talking about, or or like an MPJ player who who kind of in a way relies on his explosiveness. I get what you're saying. Now he I do think he would lose a step defensively, but I still think that's a guy that you could still bring in who could give you fifteen a night, if not more, just off of his shot alone. I yeah, mean, but here's just the, the looks here's he the would though. get. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, you're you're saying that he is he's gonna be your third piece, who is gonna give you fifteen a night, and um, he's just another shooter on the team, right? That's that's basically what you're saying. Okay, that's not worth thirty five, forty, thirty five million, thirty seven million, forty million, forty three million, because now you have no depth, and if you're gonna go top heavy like that, you need your third guy to be really good like 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 a top 20 25 player i just don't think when clay thompson comes back that he's gonna be that guy anymore that's fair i guess i'm i'm banking on that he will be and he'll 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 provide value but to I, that contract that, that, that 15 points per game that's not worth the 43 40 that's not worth going top well heavy. no i think that's just a baseline of what i'm looking for i think clay could easily explode for 20 20 i mean we've seen clay we know maybe he can get hot maybe occasionally but he's gonna be missing some games off of rest 
and I just maybe, but I mean, we've seen this guy. He has the most points in NBA history without dribbling the ball more than like ten times. So he doesn't even need to but, dribble. So I just, I, I could be, I could be wrong. I just missing two straight years scares me. That's fair. That's all. I mean, that's if, that's if a it fair concern. One year, I'd be fine, but like back to back years of ACL and then Achilles, like that scares the hell out of me. I. You know, I just, if I'm Golden State too, I'm very nervous about it. Oh, like, I'm, sure I, I'm, I'm so excited for Clay to come back next year. I'm not sure um, if it's the same leg, Kim. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't think so. I don't yeah, think I think so. his ACL was his, his right leg and his yeah, it, Achilles no, was his no, left. Achilles, the Achilles was his right. I'm seeing it right now. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say his, his ACL, though. I don't know. I think it'd be something that'd be interesting, but that's who the Nuggets need. Now, Bradley Beal, I think, would be a nicer option, too, because, I mean, obviously he's younger. He doesn't have the injury history. I think that's a guy that can work a little bit better off ball, um, but I still think he does need the ball a little bit. I just... We we need to reconfigure how we construct this team. They need to have Jamal playing off ball a little bit more. I'm telling you, this this starting lineup is crap. I, I would start... I'm t- I, w- I would start Monte. And then just stagger. But I, I would I would start Monte at the one. I'd move Jamal at the two. I'm I think Jamal is just a better player at the two. Uh I think he'd be more consistent. Uh MPJ at the three. I would start uh Jamaica Green and then Jokic at the five. Here's also what I would say down the line how I would I would go about building this team in the future. Um I would actually find a, a big to put along Jokic and have essentially Jokic be your point guard, which he basically is now. But put a uh put an actual big um like a like a, a drummond type of player or um I don't know. I just someone who can who can protect the rim. Yeah, you need a Miles uh, Turner, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, who who also can catch lobs from from Jokic, run pick and rolls with Jokic, um, stuff like that. Uh, so in the future, I'd prefer a, an actual point guard. Um, you know, it would be Chris, really intriguing. Seeing what Chris Paul is doing in Phoenix is really killing me. It's like, yeah. it's 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 absolutely killing me inside to see that. Because I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I see Jamal more like a Devin Booker, uh, um, uh, or Donovan Mitchell. Like he, I see Jamal as a two. So that's where I'm. I just, I'd put Jamal at the two, and I'd put Jokic at the four. That's what I would do, and then I would bring in an actual five and an actual point guard. And then I have MPJ run run at the three. That's that's what I would do. But you know who'd be an interesting option at center, like alongside Jokic, would be Jared Allen. It's a yeah. rim protector, a guy who he averages three rebounds, offensive rebounds a game. Um, he's got a qualifying offer next year, uh, which I would assume that the Nets will probably they'll probably try and keep him, but. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know what their what their contract situation would look like, but that would be an interesting guy to have 
a guy who's energy, who protects the rim. He's another seven footer. Obviously he can't stretch the floor really, but that would be an interesting one. That would be an interesting guy to, to have alongside, um, Jokic, but no, I agree. I just, you want to, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. That's a, that's a guy right now who, who he is struggling. Have you seen yeah. his numbers? Yeah, they're rough. He is not playing what he's, uh, I mean, he's averaging 21 points per game, but jazz fans are a little uneasy. I've seen that, um, uh, on Twitter lately. I mean, 15 points. Um, let's see. Hey, hold on. Look, jazz fans Sorry, shouldn't say squat. The, the mean, dude literally carried his team in the first He round did, of but I mean, he's had a 6 of 16 game, 6 of 23, 8 of 23, 9 of 23, 6 yeah, of 14, 8 of 17, 10 of 22, 8 of 23. He has not had an efficient night of shooting the basketball. Uh, he's shooting on the season. He's shooting 34% from the field. Or no, excuse me, excuse me. That was, that was for the month of uh, December. But in January, he's only at 42%. But, yeah, right. Donovan... Donovan Mitchell is a scorer. Yeah. He's like, at 30, 38% from the field this season and 32% from three. Woof. Woof. I think he'll turn it around. Donovan's a good player. He's a really good player. But yeah. he's not playing well right now for whatever reason. Um, and I think part of it, I think, you know, I'm telling you, a lot of people aren't putting stock into this, but I really think the short turnaround is is affecting a lot of these players. I really do. Um, you know, and, and I, I was having this conversation a couple of weeks ago with a guy on Twitter, like, oh, they're a young team. It shouldn't really matter. But dude, I'm telling you the, the mental wherewithal, like the wear and tear that they go through the physical wear and tear they're used to like, think about it. 72 games of travel. They're playing back to backs. Like, I don't think people understand like, oh, it's back. It's basketball. It's not really a contact sport that still wears on your body. Like you're still banging against guys. Sometimes you're falling on the floor. Like, I don't know about you, but there would be times when I would go play rec basketball. And the next day I'm like, oh my gosh, my back is stiff. My, my <laughs> legs hurt. Like my arms are sore. Like I can't imagine what it's like. Now these guys obviously get used to it, but I just, I think the transition from playing in the bubble, all that that had to offer the physical, mental aspects of it. And then you're asking some of these guys, like the Nuggets, oh, in 87 days, 88 days, you're back into regular season mode, full travel, uh, back-to-backs. You're doing all that again. And, like, I think it's an adjustment for these guys. And it, it's something different. It's something that they have to get used to on top of all the COVID stuff. Like, they still have to worry about that. So I think I, – I just think it's a perfect storm hitting the Nuggets this year. Um Kemp says, I always thought basketball and baseball have too many games. Yeah, I I, I think the perfect number for them would be around 65. They'll um, never do it, though. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But I think 65. No, too much baseball. And in baseball, I just don't. Listen, everybody knows how I feel about baseball. 40 games, seven innings. Like, let's just let's just take this, completely condense it. But, yeah, you know how much money they lose off that? <laughs> well, they lose money anyways because it's a boomer sport that nobody likes. So that's not uh, yeah, fair. I shouldn't say that. There's a reason why the, the NFL is going to go up to 17 games. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I, 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 I agree with, with the short turnaround to an extent, but I also see the Lakers at 6-3. and three. 
Philly's at seven and two, Boston's at six and three, even Milwaukee's at five and three. Like, I, I get the excuses, but at a certain point, you know, watch, just watching the team. Well, they also have two top five players, though. On yeah, I agree. But their team, you know, Lakers. Um, I mean, is isn't Jamal supposed to be stepping up here? Um, well, supposed Yoke to be, but he's not Yoke AD or LeBron. He's just playing at an MVP level. The bench is awful. I mean, the at the end of the day, the the bench is really bad. And I mean, well, half half the bench is really bad. We don't know about the rest. Um, and I, I just, like I said, I, I I I don't think it's it's really time to panic. I just think it's you just gotta wait and see. But if people are, if these guys are already, you know, tired and with this turnaround, it's already affecting them. Then nothing's gonna improve. I mean, what, what, like, it's not like they're going to get a two month break here. Like, it, this is, this is how it's going to be until the playoffs. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, if, if that's the excuse, then it's, then this is a lost season. And that's kind of what it's feeling like already, but we got to give it time. But, um, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, real quickly before we wrap up today, uh, Garrett Bowles was named to, AP All-Pro second team. So congrats to Garrett Bowles for that. Justin Simmons was not mentioned to an All-Pro team, which kind of surprising, given how well he played this year. Um, but uh, I'm not seeing any Broncos on the first team, which, you know, was anybody Shocker. worthy of that? Um, but Garrett Bowles second team, so that's really cool I, for him. So. I got the only player to make an All-Pro team. Dude, 2020 was weird. 2020 was like, watch this. <laughs> like, if you would have told, like, I would have bet you my entire, like, bank account. Like, oh, Garrett Bowles will be an all-pro. I'm like, huh, how much you want to bet? I would have bet you a year's worth of crumble cookies, probably. Um, and he did it. So, congrats to him. Hopefully, he uh, keeps it up. Hopefully, we weren't bamboozled, hoodwinked, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm hoping he keeps it up. So. Uh, that's just so funny to me. The one, the if, if I told you, only one player from the Broncos is gonna make an All Pro team, and it's Garrett Bowles. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate, honestly. I mean, it's not uh, it's not unfortunate, but it's just like, guessed? like who would you have guessed as the one player to make? If you would have gave me options, if you would have told me before this season that one player, um, what was this before or after the injuries? Uh, after Vaughn, but before, well, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say Vaughn anyways, but, yeah. uh, before, before Sutton. Yeah. And Kemp's a Sutton. I would have said either Sutton, you know, maybe Fant, um, of course would have thrown Philip Lindsay in there. Chubb. All right. I'm done. And that's about it. I, I was, I was, if you said one, I, th- I think those are legitimate options to throw out there. Overrated. Who's, who's overrated? Who, who did you say? You better watch your mouth. I will not stand. I, this is a sensitive time for Philip Lindsay fans. Okay, this is very sensitive. Uh, so, oh, she's not saying a lot. He's only better because Philip Lindsay got hurt. Mm. Plus, you admitted earlier in the season 
that he was the better running back. So there's he no take playing, backs. He was playing like the better no, running no, back. No, no, you didn't say that. You didn't specify it in that way. You said he's the better running back. There's no take back season. He was the better running back. There's no take back season. But look, shocker, Philip Lindsay got hurt again. Melvin Gordon played all season uh, and also nearly hit 1,000 yards after having a really rough start. So look how easy, by the way, it is to actually hit 1,000 yards. It's really not that hard. So I guess every running back that runs for a thousand yards, it's not that hard and we shouldn't place value in it. I mean, if a running back hits a thousand yards, it's like, okay, well, that guy had a solid season. I, I just, I don't think, you know, I, I would, if you're a great running back, I, I think you should be hitting bare minimum 1200, probably closer to 1400. Just saying, if you play all 16 games, you know, I'm not I mean, gonna I'm not gonna acknowledge your slander. You're trying to you're trying to get me down a road that will make me angry, and I'm not gonna let you do this today. Uh before we go, um I have to and, and Kemp says Phil got played dirty. Yes he did. Yes he did. They screwed him. Um anyways, pick 'em. I hold a what is it, twelve? Twelve game lead on you right now? Yeah. And there's exactly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven, twelve, thirteen games <laughs> left. Um, I'm going to go opposite of you every game. Well, that's the, yeah. So do you want to concede this now or are you just going to pick opposite of me every time? I don't know. I mean, I, I might as well just keep going. So you're gonna pick opposite of me every single game. I mean, listen, if you if you just get like two wrong this week, it's done. No, I, I think if I if I get within ten, I'll be pretty happy. If I get to single digits, then you know you obviously blew like a ten plus lead. So I'll take my gift card whenever you're ready. <laughs> I think I won the Thursday night bet too. Well, only like half the Thursday night games ended up being played, so I don't know. I, I think. Well, eventually, at some point, we said we said we weren't going to do it. Oh, okay. So, well, just because we did it on one of the episodes, we were like, "Yeah, it's probably not going to happen." Because I, I think only like half of those Thursday night games even got played, which is pretty funny. Do I get a plaque as well? Pick 'em champion, pick 'em champion yeah. for all the um the great picks I had this Look. year. Like it's just one of the weird things that happened in 2020. No, no. But to, to be fair, you still blew. You're still gonna blow like a 10 plus lead. You know, I sat my starters down. <laughs> we, you know, the bench came in, stunk up the you joint sat, a little you bit. Starters down when he had a chance at two crumble box, two crumble cookies. I didn't want to play them 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, but I brought them in when it was closing time. I was the Jokic of Pickham, and you know, I hit that shot. That's that's what happens. You were at you were at what nineteen at one point, and you blew it. We don't need to go into specifics. <laughs> I mean, really, what are numbers though? Like, how far really is nineteen? Oh, I guess 10? then you didn't win anything. Well, that's not true. <laughs> like, how far though is nineteen from ten? Like, really, not that far when you actually think about it. So, mm-hmm. you know. This you know, if I, if I actually sent my picks in, this would be a whole lot. <sighs> well, hey, availability is the best ability. So I don't know what to tell you. All right. So 
that's that's a skill too so uh, <laughs> it's not my fault you have the memory of a fruit fly right? <laughs> so <Yeah>. listen <laughs> take that up with your with your brain in your memory bank be better do some do some memory exercises play the little card game this. where you flip over the the cards I'll, and... I'll say this next season i'm willing to put two boxes of crumble cookie online okay well you're gonna be uh you're gonna be sorely disappointed when I win two of them next year. So that's what's gonna happen. That'll do it for us today. We thank you guys Wait, for tuning in. We make our picks? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess we do need to do that, huh? Are you gonna go opposite of me? <laughs> uh, I'm going. Okay, Indy versus Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo. Hmm. Um. Oh come on. There's I'll no way on. Indy's gonna win this win this game. I'll go Indy. Oh, you poor, poor soul. You're, you're putting your trust in Philip Rivers. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, when we get into the playoffs, I just... I don't think that being the hottest team in the NFL necessarily carries over all the time. It, it does carry over, you know, it, and, and it does result in... I, I think, look, when you win 10, 11 games in a row, we saw with the Broncos firsthand. Uh, it happened in New Orleans also. When you win so many games in a row and you're going into the playoffs at this at, at, at that type of rate, sometimes you do have a letdown. And the AFC is really deep as far as how many good teams there are. As far as great teams, I would say there's probably one, but as but I I just think it's not always the best thing to go into the playoffs with a 10 11 game winning streak. Just saying. I will bet you a separate crumble cookie gift card on this game. That's how confident. No, I, am. I mean look, I'm not like super confident. I'm not saying like I guarantee you the Col- the Colts win. I'm just saying I wouldn't be. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to be shocked at all if the if the Colts win. Look, the the Colts are also kind of hitting their their stride too. Um, now they they kind of blew up they they blew their lead to Jacksonville, um, but I mean they pretty much had it and I think they just kind of backed off. I I don't think like I like I don't think the Colts are going to, you know, say they win and. I don't think they're going to beat Kansas City the next week, you know. But I, I'm just saying, I, I think they have a shot against Buffalo. They actually have a pretty good shot. It's it's the playoffs. Like, anything anything can happen. I mean, Denver, as, a, as the number one seed, lost to Baltimore. As the number two seed, they, they lost to the Colts. So. Buffalo by 10. Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. I'm going Pittsburgh here. Really? Yeah. I'm even without the head coach. I'm going Cleveland. Yeah, no, Cleveland's going to be without their head coach. I know. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Cleveland. They're going to be like without like everybody. No, they'll have their players, which is they're they're going to miss like uh, I think a wide receiver and a guard are gone too. All right. No take backsies. I I don't I'm I'm going to stick with I don't buy I'm not I don't buy into Pittsburgh at all. Okay, um, I, I don't. They can't run the ball. 
Um, they're one-dimensional offensively, which I think benefits Cleveland's defense. You're one-dimensional. And uh, Cleveland can run the ball. And Pittsburgh has a lot of guys missing from their defense now. Their defense is not nearly as good as it was. Um, the, like Cleveland is like, to me, kind of like Washington in a way. And I just think it's a bad matchup for Pittsburgh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Cleveland. Baltimore versus Tennessee. I think this is the year Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win. Uh, Tennessee beat them last year, huh? Um, ah, man. Tennessee is playing so well. But Baltimore is playing. Like, both of these two teams, I think, is a good example of hitting the playoffs at the right time. Where they're not on this ridiculous 10-11 game winning streak. But they're, they've gotten it going the last three or four weeks. Um, I was wrong about Tennessee, for sure. Um, this is a tough one. You're you're going with Baltimore. I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go with Tennessee. All right. I'm. You know what's funny is I'm not going opposite of that one. I I think I I lean more towards just going opposite. But the first two, I actually believe that the, those two games happen. Um, I think this third one, the the Baltimore Tennessee one, is I I think a little bit more of a coin flip but i'm not going opposite of you just to go opposite of you i actually right. like these people. no this is, this is fine i mean you'll lose you're gonna lose the pick for sure within the first two games so that's <laughs> that's i'm fine with it uh new orleans versus chicago i'm going new I orleans i can't wait to see your face <laughs> not even, not even <laughs> no. gonna entertain that thought in my head <laughs> it's not even gonna happen so um this one, this one, I'll go with the Saints. There's no way Chicago wins. They're just, they're just not. This is There's a tough no one. Um, the Rams versus Seattle. Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I think Jared Goff is going to play. Okay. What, what's also the, because obviously they play twice during the regular season. Do you know what they're. Um, they split. Did they split? I think they split. I think yeah, Seattle so, won yeah. the second game. And, um, yeah, Seattle won two week two weeks ago, twenty to nine, and then the Rams won twenty three sixteen before. But Jared Goff was not playing that Seattle game the second time. I'm leaning hmm. towards Seattle here. I just think at the end of the day, Russell Wilson plays great in the playoffs, and yeah, I mean. Plus, if, problem it, if it is Seattle, golf, he's coming off of a thumb issue. So, was it off his darn hand? I was think it? so. Yeah. The the problem the the look this would have been really easy for me like five weeks ago. I just if Seattle could get the offense from the first half of the season and the defense from the second half of the season, this would be a and put them pick. together like a megazord. Right, <laughs> right. I, I just, I'm, I'm gonna have to take Seattle, but like, I, I don't, I really don't trust Seattle right now until I see it yeah. against the Rams, um, because I do think if Seattle puts it together, I think they make it to the Super Bowl. I think they're the best team, if they, if they can put things together. But I don't, I just, I don't know. And then uh, finally, we got Tampa Bay versus Washington. Oh, Chase Young, bless your heart. 
bless bless your soul. I don't know why players do this every year with Tom Brady. Every every year, one player says something, and I'm just like, why? Like I get Tom's not what he used to be, but why? Tom is the ultimate villain that you think you kill, but then he gets up, and you're like, just die already, please. Now now that's starting to become Patrick Mahomes, but except you can't even kill that guy the first time. He just murders you first. Um, I just, I don't see any way Washington wins this game. Even if Chase Young plays out of his mind, I think just Tampa Bay is just head and shoulders, a better football team. I, I think Tampa Bay is better, um, and I do think Tampa Bay wins. I'll pick Tampa Bay. But the thing with Tampa Bay this year, when you get pressure on Tom Brady, he struggles. Well, he's always struggled with pressure. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, yeah, like the Broncos with Von Miller. Um, so if if Chase Young has a great game, Tampa Bay's defense, I think, is pretty soft. I think this is the best matchup Washington could have possibly have gotten. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's if, not if crazy there's, to there's, think that they could win this game. No, I, I, if there was, if you if you told me, okay, Washington makes it the playoffs as a seven nine team. Um, and pick one team that they can beat out of the the rest of the NFC. I would Chicago. Well, okay. Well, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I keep forgetting Chicago made the playoffs. Okay, other than Chicago, because Chicago is probably worse than Washington. Um, I, I I I would pick Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think the NFC is has more Super Bowl contenders than the AFC, but I think the AFC is deeper. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, I think there's, that for a there's bit. more really good teams in the AFC. It's just that there's there's one, in my mind, there's one Super Bowl contender in the AFC, whereas the NFC, I mean, I, I think Green Bay, uh, Seattle, New Orleans. I'm not going to put Tampa Bay on that list, though. At the end of the day, listen, this is all a moot point because Kansas City is going to roll through everybody. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're gonna roll. Oh, they're What's, gonna roll. Uh, is there like a NFL playoff bracket or something? Yes. Yeah. Like it's all fun and games for Buffalo. They're all dancing and bebopping and hoot hotting and just telling you once you have to play 15, just so like no hope. If, okay, I can't find a bracket. Um, Kansas City will still play the lowest seed. See, it's weird because like Kansas City. Kansas okay, City's Kansas. little bracket is next to Buffalo. Like the winner of right. Buffalo Indy, it, I thought would play Kansas City, but I think they're still doing it. Highest seed will play lowest seed. So, okay, so that that makes sense. Um, so that means that Kansas City will mo well if the Colts beat the Bills, they'll probably play the Colts. Um, let's see, who's the two Buffalo? Who's three Pittsburgh? <laughs> you know what's funny. I don't think they play the Bills or the Steelers uh, in the AFC Championship game. Who do you think they play? I think it's either Cleveland or... Oh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> I think it's Cleveland or Tennessee. I don't understand you. But okay. We'll see. They're going to play either Buffalo or Pittsburgh. No, if it's Pittsburgh, no way, they'll drop 50 on them. No way in hell they play Pittsburgh. I will put a crumble, uh, crumble cookie box on Pittsburgh making it to oh, the I'm not. I'm not saying Pittsburgh's going to make it, but I would say out of the teams, I'd put, I would say you know what? I'd put, 
I'd put a hundred dollar gift card to Crumble Cookie that Pittsburgh doesn't make the AFC Championship game. <sighs> I do not want to bet on Pittsburgh, but that bet is so enticing. <laughs> what there I would is, do with a hundred dollars? You know is, how many party boxes I could buy with that? There, there is a no way Pittsburgh makes it to the AFC Championship. Game. No, I agree. No, I agree. Way, I agree. Yeah, that's why I'm not taking no that bet. No way Pittsburgh makes it to the AFC Championship. I just think it's more likely that they play Buffalo or Pittsburgh than any of the other AFC teams. That's all I'm saying. No. No, no way Pittsburgh makes it to the AFC Championship. Yeah, I agree. There's, I don't. First of all, I don't think they beat Cleveland. Um, but even if they do, they would play the better one, the better of the of the two. So that means they'd have to play either Buffalo if Buffalo wins. Or Tennessee or or Baltimore. Yeah, there's no way they beat one of those three teams. I agree. I I think Pittsburgh is actually the worst out of all seven. Uh, I don't think they could beat any of these teams. Maybe the Colts. I think that the their best chance would be the Colts. Yeah. But I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the worst of the seven. You might be right. We're gonna find out very soon. Very soon. But this is all a moot point. I would just like to point out that the best athletes in the world, Nicole Jokic and Patrick Mahomes, both wear the same number. So, <laughs> so, so I'm saying. Was it planned? Maybe. Was it destined? Yes. So, so I'm, so I'm saying. Who's the better quarterback? Now that's a debate. Maybe they should put that on undisputed. Better quarterback, Jokic or Mahomes? <laughs> so I'm saying. I haven't seen I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes throw it behind his head. Okay. He just, threw it left-handed. Jokic throws it left-handed. Yeah, but it's basketball. Yeah. That's true. That's a fair statement. That's probably the truest (laughs) statement you've ever said. It is basketball. That is correct. That's going to do it for us today on the podcast. Shout out to Kemp for always interacting with us on, uh, on YouTube. Shout out to you guys for listening, whether you're listening, Apple Podcasts. Huh? What's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, like who's gonna win it or like who's gonna play in it? Who's gonna play in it and then who's gonna win it? Oh, it's Kansas City's gonna win it. Um, okay. but I would say Kansas City and um, I'm gonna go Kansas City and I want to say Seattle because, like you said, that defense is getting it together. I think it'll be Green Bay, Seattle in the NFC Championship game. I would say one of those two teams. I could see it being Kansas City, Green Bay, Kansas City, Seattle. I'll probably lean Seattle just because they're probably the better overall team. But yeah. Kansas City. Nobody's uh, beating Kansas City. I have Kansas City beating Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Um, also, Kemp said one team from each conference. Who's the worst? I got Pittsburgh and Chicago. Uh, I'll say Washington. Because like they're seven and nine, so like just well, by rule they're the worst. Eight and, eight, and the only reason they're eight and eight is because they started four and zero. Well, okay. Well, they still have this eight more than seven. Yes. So by default, they're technically better by Washington. record. Washington. So Washington I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go Washington, and I'm gonna go Pittsburgh's hard to argue against being the worst team in the playoffs. Um, I think it's either Pittsburgh or or Indy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm picking Indy to beat Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, who do you trust more? Like if, like oh, if I, it was I'm Indy versus saying. Pittsburgh, I wouldn't know who to pick in that game. No, yeah, I don't know because 
I, I don't know how you can trust Philip Rivers. And their <sighs> defense has been kind of meh. I don't. I might. Uh, maybe Indy is the. Maybe. But 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 Pittsburgh can't run the ball, and and they can't yeah, stop the run. But Indy has Philip Rivers, who likes I'm to throw the ball Cleveland, to the other team. I'm telling. I'm telling you, Cleveland's Cleveland's gonna beat Pittsburgh, and. All right. I'm I, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy, but they're gonna beat Pittsburgh. Okay. They're beating Pittsburgh. Well, when they don't, I expect a full apology. So. Go Cleveland. <laughs> that's that's gonna do it for us today. We thank you guys for for listening. Yeah, see, Kemp's like Washington played in an awful division. Chicago at least played in a decent division. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, but Washington's defense is better, and I like Alex Smith more than whatever quarterback Chicago rolls out. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. All right. That's going to do it for us. Why do I always like try to close the show, but I never can do it within the first seven times for Brandon Stoll on the other side camp interacting with us on YouTube. Thank you, sir. I am Stephen Priest jr. We will catch you guys on Monday. Bye.